Hi, welcome to episode 43 of season two of the Connect You podcast. I remain and still am Jeff Cullum. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hello, Jeff. Marcus. Busy week. Busy week. Busy yes. few days. Here you're actually. off to Vancouver at the end of the week. Yes. Yeah. Pleasure? Pleasure. Just uh, just for the Easter Easter weekend. Nice. So. You and uh, your lovely wife? Uh, yep. And my son, hopefully. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah, I love Vancouver. Yep. Uh, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and today's coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's got less details than some of the others. Oh, it's remarkably is it, is it tasty. a mystery coffee? Well, it's this coffee. Oh, it is called this coffee. Look at that. Uh, so it's supposed to have dark chocolate, caramel, and cherry jam. It's from Western Uganda, and it's really good. It. I was about to say. I have to say that it's very nice. And it, uh, man, did it smell good when I was grinding it? And this is this is different. This is better than some of the stuff we normally try. And we try a lot of coffee. We do. No, it's very good. Yeah, really good. Soft water, whole works. Got any dad jokes? No. <laughs> no. But did I mention? Maybe I mentioned it last time. It's that Scott Galloway seemed to have picked his dad jokes from the same <laughs> web page because he did a bunch last week. And I'm like, it was exactly the ones that I was telling. So I think he he and I inadvertently probably first Google page it came up. because uh, I think they told the one about the uh why did the uh why did the man fall into that well? Because mm-hmm. he didn't see that well. That well, it's kind of like off, I've often heard that "icy" is the easiest word to spell. I see. Uh, looking at it now, I can, I see why. <laughs> there you go. And two years ago, my doctor said I was going deaf, but I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> see, these are just. Uh, Boom! Yeah. Oh, is anyone using Chat? G- <laughs> Do you think Chat GPT tells tells jokes? Would write better dad jokes? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, what is a skeleton's? Favorite form of measurement? A skeleton's favorite form of measurement? Graveyards. <laughs> and the last density? one, I found stir fry all over my bre- bed this morning. I must have been sleepwalking again. <laughs> but, um, boom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Classic, classic, classic. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I had an interesting conversation with a very profound overweight monk. He was a deep fat friar. <laughs> there you go. Those okay. are brilliant. All right. <clears throat> What'd you learn this week? What did I learned this week. You know, I actually learned on a personal note, and this maybe if, if we're going to talk about childhood trauma, uh, I learned some stuff about my dad that really surprised me. So my dad was over for supper uh, on Sunday, Saturday. We had him over for Chinese food. And, um, you know, my mom passed away about eight weeks ago now, six weeks, eight weeks ago, something like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he's kind of finding his feet. And and, uh, so one of the things that has been a a constant theme – is that my dad often has been reluctant to tell stories about his childhood. Okay. Uh, he, I remember hearing it sounded like that. A, that was your mom as well. Oh, definitely my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, 
Yeah, so he was over on Saturday, and we were just talking about like some stuff I'd heard about, and I knew he'd grown up in different parts of Montreal and that they'd moved around a lot. But some news stories came out uh, of places that that they had lived that I'd never heard of. And then at one point, and this really blew me away, because um, Star Trek came up. Well, I think Picard, he was asking if we were what we're going to do after he was done, and Paulette said, we're going to watch Picard you know, are you watching it? And he goes, oh, that's a Star Trek thing, right? And we're like, yeah. He goes, no, no. I really, I really used to like the old original one in the 70s. I used, to, I watched it for a while and then I stopped watching it and I don't know why. And I am such a huge Star Trek fan, have been for, <clears throat> since I was a kid. I never heard that my dad much less liked it, that he'd even seen a Star Trek episode. And here he's like, oh, yeah, no, it was first. Now, he said when it first came out, I I think probably in, in early reruns, because it's been on forever, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I really used to like that with the William Shatner. And I like I've watched like, you know, like a lot of them. So it's 50, and I was 50 like years and you standing there with no my idea. mouth open going. <laughs> what? How what? come you didn't say anything when exactly. I'm walking around with a Star Trek uniform? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm, what I'm thinking going like, there's so many things that we, you know, we felt like no relationship no in a connection. lot of respects. Yeah. And suddenly it's like, oh yeah, no, I really used to like the show. So he's a Trekkie and not in, only a Trekkie, in, but a TOS guy. In the seventies. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's going to be interesting. I think he's opening up, you know? Well, I, you know, I find a lot of a uh, lot of a <laughs> lot of relationships uh, between men and women. A lot of uh, when one of the partners dies, it totally it will often change the person mm -hmm. that's left. Mm -hmm. Well, die. It, it's not just die. It's left. It could be whatever. Right. But, sure. Uh, it, I mean, sometimes it's easy to forget how much of an influence your partner has on you and how you present to others and Absolutely. what your interests are and yeah. all that stuff. So it's, that was a very interesting weekend thing to learn. Mm -hmm. like, wow. Okay. So Excellent. there you go. Uh, you, what have you learned? <laughs> I learned, <laughs> I, I, I learned crazy stuff. So I learned okay. about New Zealand. You learned that it exists. Well, so New Zealand has a very moderate climate. It's pretty much the same as Vancouver. Okay. And it, as an island. But the it, whole country is like The whole that. country. Yeah. And, the, well, sort of. And the whole country is... They must have snow up in their mountains, though. Well, they do. It's kind of complicated, but yeah. Ah, okay. So there's... Uh, so it is bigger than the UK in terms of size, the island. Right. If you look at it on a map, it's, if you it's, compare it's small this, compared to Australia, but it's not... That's right. Yeah. But uh, because of distortion and all that stuff and how it's presented the thing about those world maps yeah yeah and um so the uh so, so it's bigger physically bigger than um than england um it you know it stretches like if you put it overlaid it on the u.s map it would it almost extend from border to like the florida panhandle like it is huge i had no it idea it was that big long. it is huge wow it is also far away from everything. Yes. It is. I mean, I knew well, that relatively close to Australia. Four hours just to is get it, is from, it that far? from the island to the nearest point in Australia. Okay, I did not appreciate that. The it's distance, that distance is far. Wow. It is essentially one of the most isolated major places. So 
the UK has like 70 million people. In yep. It. New Zealand has five. And is that all they have is 5 million people? Yeah. And 70, uh, 75% of the population lives like in 5% of the area. Sure. It's, it's a little fa- bit like Canada. In that well, respect. in fact, it's worse. It's worse than Canada. Right. Because almost there, they only have one big city. They have, a few smaller cities. They right. have one big city Auckland. has like Auckland. It has yeah. 3 million. Um, sem- and so imagine that three, 5 million total, three in one city. Yeah. And they have, uh, they have, uh, so there's two islands. There's a bigger island, which is the South Island. And yeah. the smaller island is the North. 75% of the population in New Zealand lives on the North. Okay. The most of the South is not livable. Not livable. <laughs> not, it's not, it's not super livable. Uh, okay. So it is, uh, in fact, a lot of it's not really considered arable land. So, uh, so it would be rocky or desert or both. So, wow. um, there, a rocky desert. So the North Island is on the Asian plate, and the South Island <clears throat> is is right on the fault line between the Asia, um, the Asian and the Australian plate. No, sorry, okay. the. Maybe American plate and uh, Australian plate. It's Australian and American, and uh, and uh, they're on the Australian plate, the, the the North Island. So the North Island is relatively calm in terms. Okay. Of, it's also more arable <laughs> land. Yep. The South Island has basically got this huge mountain chain right. that has higher mountains, significantly higher. They're about, I think, the highest one is just under four thousand meters. So it's pretty big. Okay, it's about twelve thousand feet. Right? Yeah. Uh, whereas the Reasonable. tallest one on in Australia is about fifteen hundred meters. So it's right. substantially taller. Very different. Yeah. So what happens is um, from the the west the 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 winds come and they hit the mountains. All the all the um, water drains just kind of like Vancouver on to the windward side, and then the other side is actually kind of a desert. So. The surprising thing about us in New Zealand is that it almost has no um, arable land for cultivation of crops. Really? Yeah. So it has remarkably little of that because it's either too dry, too wet, or right. too mountain. Where do they dry, grow all them kiwis then? Well, <laughs> well, that's a good question. I don't know if kiwi fruits are actually from Australia, but it doesn't matter. From the, New Zealand? I believe New they Zealand, are. But the, the thing with New Zealand is that uh, what they are very good at growing is uh-huh. grass. Okay. And c- consequently, they're very good at growing sheep. Right. And cows. Sure. Um, so they have five times as many sheep as people. <laughs> this is a common thing with sheep, apparently. Um, and they have twice as many cows as people. Wow. And they produce like 95% of their production is animal-based stuff. Right. So milk, cheeses. Um, uh, Which sheep. is interesting. I don't think I've ever had New Zealand cheese. You'd think there'd be a lot of it up. Oh, but I think I think Canada has very restrictive rules about. Oh yeah, cheese. we do, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but anyway, it, so it it's fascinating. It is, and uh, very the, much like Canada socially. Well, and apparently I've heard apparently anyways. the South Island originally was more heavily populated than the North because the North had all the Maoris and there was fights and oh, conflict. Sure. Uh, in the South, there was gold. So they found gold in the southern part gold of it. Gold in them there are hills. So it was a big place. And then uh, they ran out of the gold because the 
mind it all. And then everybody moved to the North Island because things calmed down a fair bit with sure. the Maoris, a little less uh, yep. vigorous ba battles. But and I'll tell you, the 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 the, uh, col um, the colonizers they sure uh, they sure did a number on the Maoris. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah. But anyway, fascinating. So, are you planning on going? I'd love. To I'd yeah. love to go, but it is very far away. It is very far it away. Is, there's nothing yeah. really close. The closest thing is Sydney, and then and then nothing. We uh, we knew some people f through hockey, a young family, and they moved to New Zealand a couple years ago. Yeah. Just like out of the blue, the guy's an engineer. Well, he's like yep. apparently remarkably remarkably moderate water uh, yeah. um, climate. And um, there's some crazy stat about Auckland that there's more boats than people as well. So, because <laughs> they put the sheep in them. Well, maybe. <laughs> Years ago, I had uh, one of my undergrad friends, friend I had in my undergrad, talked about they had gone to New Zealand, and uh, they had to had to kill a sheep to eat it because uh, they they were backpacking through the country and I don't know how remote it was, but it sounds like it was pretty remote if it, if and it's they, they kind of ran out of food <laughs> and they, uh, they were sort of getting desperate. So in the middle of the night and it's very illegal, but they were feeling quite desperate. So they whacked some sheep on the head and then barbecued it and then got the hell out of Dodge the next day. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh man. I don't know what the penalty would have been, but I, I'd love to go. I think, one interesting thing about when if you if you do meet a Kiwi though, and you if you if you say that, oh, are you Australian? Man, do they get mad? Wow, they get much, really much pissed. like uh, well, Australians Canada, Canada get, and yeah, Americans. Yeah, the, the Australians get kind of bent too if you ask them if they're from New Zealand. But so I always do it on purpose. I just be like, <laughs> oh, you you're Australian? Yeah. Like, no, I'm not. Not I'm just kidding. And you're from New Zealand. I can tell. Fush and chumps. They have a, they have a funny way of pronouncing things. So. But it would be, uh, I think it would be a nice country to visit. Apparently. I would, I would, uh, I would like to. There, there was a especially world, those mountain ranges. World Masters was oh. there, and we were unable to go. But I would have, I would. Well, they filmed that. a lot of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I presume I haven't seen the Hobbit yet. We have it yeah. on Blu-ray. Never watched it yet. Really? But yeah. I just haven't got around to it. I presume they probably filmed a bunch of that there too, right? Oh yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Those phenomenal mountain well, Peter Jackson and... does a lot of his stuff out of New yeah. Zealand. So. Why not? Exactly. Okay. Uh, and apparently the uh, real estate is some of the most expensive in, in Auckland in particular. Really? Some of the... Like in the world? Yeah. It's like right up there. Well, it makes sense if, if it's like there's Bank so little of the country is habitable. Well, it's it's habitable. It's just not cultivatable. Yeah. You know, this reminds me when it's we It's like 75% of it is not yeah. considered habitable and only 25% is, yeah. is, is, is arable. When we were uh, in Maui last time in October, Isaac and I took the, a helicopter tour and we flew over to the other island that's just adjacent. I think it's Molokai. Yeah, yeah. Which is similar in that it is very uninhabited, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and on the far side of Molokai, there's a house. It's like, well, it's it's like something out of a movie because you fly over this at a fairly high altitude, but you see there's this house and yeah, some like a like green. I don't know if it would be an acre, maybe not that big, but it it is at the bottom of basically cliffs. There's this flat place, and there's this guy's house. And uh, the pilot was like, yeah, there's no way to get to that house other than by boat. And 
you could do it by helicopter, although there's not a lot of room to land a chopper. And this guy's been living there for like decades, but he's now, wasn't uh, Molokai the, the leper colony? Yeah, yeah. So on the far end, there's the old leper colony. Oh, it's in a yeah. different difference. Yeah, okay. yeah. So this guy lives on. So if the because that's how the is. leper colony is it's got cliffs surrounding it. Yeah, and then so that's on one end of the island. And this is near the middle, but on one of the other sides. It's just this one property that is, you know, like it's a nice looking house from from far away, but it is completely isolated. No way to get to it by. Frank, I don't even know how that guy gets to a boat because it's above, like there's cliffs from above it. Yeah. And then there's like this plateau, not that big with the house on it. And then there's cliffs down to the water. You must have some pathway or something, but it's like, holy smokes, talk about living. You know, first of all, you're on a barely, not, it's, it's not that many people. No, not many right? people. And then beyond that, you're like, I'm way over on the other side where like nobody, and you can't even get to it. Yeah. Well, you wild. know so uh, speaking of helicopter flight, so my, my, my son reminded me of something. So uh, one of the last times we were, we were in, in Hawaii, I think we were in Kauai, and we went to, um, I went on a helicopter tour for photographers. So the helicopter tour was, uh, I rode in a helicopter without doors on it. Oh, yeah. And I told my son this. And my son said, so how'd you get in? <laughs> through the bottom hatch <laughs> and the the thing is it keeps reminding me all the time he says he really did not understand what i was saying right. when i said it had no door sure in it. Like, yeah well how do you get in yeah that's a good question hilarious <laughs> anyhow so we learn lots of interesting stuff so today we're talking about childhood trauma yeah why not <laughs> a little light light spring uh, thing so i don't want to get into a lot of personal stuff I will say that I, I suffer from a lot of childhood trauma. So does my wife. And I, I believe that as we've become more and more educated, like there's a lot of intergenerational trauma in our world that a lot of people don't appreciate. So part of my dad's, when he was telling stories, he was relating these fairly negative, again, nothing that was totally new to me, but, you know, his father was a functional alcoholic and, mm. you know, and there was a lot of, of that kind of dysfunction. But like my wife pointed out, but then he quickly was like, although it never affected, you know, us kids, like him and his sister. And I was, we were talking about that this morning. That is so much the, the normal belief that, that certainly people held back in the day, right? Which was like, oh yeah, you know, but nothing bad ever happened to us. But now we recognize that, no, in fact, there is all sorts of different traumatic um, uh, experience. It's not, you don't have to be just like beaten and abused and right. All kinds of stuff well, that can happen well, my wife, creates residual trauma. My wife uh, certainly, um, has a little bit of trauma related to that. I mean, you know, her her parents were quite loving and and all that stuff, but her mom was definitely uh, a functional alcoholic. Oh, see, I didn't know yeah. that. Um, yeah, probably addicted to some sort of uh, um, uh, pills of some sort. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And there were lots of. We times better have a disclaimer on this. She was zonked out, uh, but. Um, I don't think Glory really realized it until much, much later sure. in life. 
Yeah. And it did have some influence on uh, on her um, uh, growing up. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because like, you, you know, I, I hear you, you telling me about what you and Paulette and and, and even my wife has gone through and um, and I uh, I never experienced that as a kid. That, that was that was definitely not our family. Our family was totally different from that. Okay. But um, but I would say that I've had adult onset childhood trauma, mostly related to my son's childhood. Yeah. So we've had lots of lots of trauma Absolutely. related to that, and that's been very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I understand. Um, well, you know, it, but that's it, not related to alcohol or no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> but and it is well. So so for instance, in my on my mother's side, I have always suspected that there was some kind of traumatic experiences. I don't necessarily want to get into details, but, but some bad shit never mm. talked about, never acknowledged. And this is the thing about, but about childhood trauma is, uh, and this is why it's so common. Um, cause it happens in, in all kinds of different ways. Right. And there's all sorts of different sources, but, when you begin to deconstruct your behavior later in life, it's sort of that old joke, you know, about the psychologist, you know, Dr. Freud, it's, you know, tell me about your mother, right? But there's some real truth to that. It's not always necessarily the mother. So there's things that, there's a lot of things that I react to in the present. And Paulette's actually just doing a really good course with a guy out of, Shit, he might be out of New Zealand, actually, that she met in Van- at, a, at a conference. It's all connected. About, it's all connected. About uh, uh, interpersonal, because, you know, she's doing a lot of work around mediation. And, and, and But you realize that our brains are, are fascinating because mm-hmm. we, and I teach a little bit about this in organizational behavior, but I just touch on it, you know, at a very surface level. But when you look at neuroscience and whatnot, it is fascinating how much like our brains work, how much stuff gets imprinted. Like the fact that memories are not really a playback, right? It's not a, it's not a perfect. Oh, for memory. sure. And every time you remember something. It's not even, a, it's not even an imperfect. It's a lousy recording. Exactly. Every time you remember something, you change the memory. So somebody who had a traumatic. Well, you remember the retelling. Exactly. So in a lot of cases, if you've had a traumatic experience that you remember on occasion, you, there's potential actually make it worse, right? Because you will, you will accentuate and perhaps uh, exaggerate. And this is not conscious, the, the, the bad parts of it. And if there was some good parts of it, you may kind of downplay those. And so in therapy, you know, in some cases you almost have to go back and, and kind of re revisit, remember those things, but with a different perspective, so our minds are absolutely fascinating. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I know that uh, that there is there is um, this is probably slightly controversial, but there is a lot of respect for oral histories provided by a lot of indigenous communities. Mm. But I worry about the retelling and the changing that kind of changing of it because right. that's the nature of oral because you, you as you progress through life you remember things differently sure right the advantage of writing things down is that it's it's written and then you can reread it and you might not remember it exactly as the way you wrote it i mean <laughs> exactly. I, I i have a journal that i wrote for probably about 15 years 
and, and I kind of haven't been very good at keeping up with it. And um, I look back and I, I read stuff and I go like, I, I don't remember any. Of I this. have the same experience. Like right? zero. I have this. the same experience. Or, is, is or you remember uh, it differently and you go like, well, at the time when yeah. I was close to it, this is what I wrote. Yep. And you're going like, I remember that so differently now. Yep. And um, so, so yeah, so I worry sometimes with these, you know, because it's such a big part of indigenous cult culture is this oral history. Sure. Thing. And now maybe if you have a whole bunch of people telling the same story over and over again, it might be okay. But if it's just right. a few people, then you might have, you might have run into problems. And there's a lot of, a lot of these communities that have very few uh, elders or yeah. had like a very. Well, we've had a disconnect. So I wonder if. Yeah, and we're sort of drifting a little bit here, but that's cool. Well, I wonder if definitely if some childhood trauma for a lot of those indigenous myth communities. Oh, oh my god. god, like like that just blows me away. But mythology is a big part of their culture as well. Yeah, right. So it would be interesting, and <laughs> we're kind of talking out of our backsides here. Let's be honest, because neither of us are indigenous or no. really immersed. It would be really interesting to 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 talk to some people in that community and, and ask that question and say, so oral history, you know, of large scale historical events, one would presume becomes almost mythologized. Yeah. And then the story would be retold pretty similarly. If I I'm presuming, you know, if you had three or four elders, it's like, like battle of the little bighorn, you know, there'd be a story about that, that people have heard over a few details might get changed. I think it would be really different than someone retelling their own personal experience. Exactly. Um, in as a one-off, right? Because that's where there's really no, there's no, no checks and balances, no right? Yeah, that. exactly. So if you remember something differently, um, yeah. But it is so fascinating to me because I've heard stories again, like through people like Wayne Dyer talking about talking to people who one incident that they'll remember from their childhood like one it's not always necessarily a parent but like one teacher right dressing them down or 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 embarrassing there was a woman who talked about she had uh, historical problems with her digestive system and then finally they figured out that she was a school child you know maybe five six years old and and she had an accident and she was totally embarrassed and, and a teacher completely shamed her in front of the guy. And then that became like a lifelong until she was in her forties and finally was able to deconstruct that. So in some ways the mind is fascinating. It could be, you know, some people are, are subject to repeated patterns, but for other people, it could be something so noteworthy that it just becomes linked there. And uh, until you deconstruct it, you don't, you're not even aware of it, right? You're just like, and then people be like, oh, I just have, you know, I have a, a weak stomach. And it's like, well, but what causes that, right? Well, you know, it's interesting because I, um, so I was listening to a, um, a podcast. So my wife is getting quite into a lot of meditation. Ah, yes. I think she mentioned that to my wife. Practices. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's a, there's a guy, I can't remember what his name is, but his podcast is called 10% Happier. Okay. And he does his podcast and he interviewed Scott Galloway. And Scott Galloway. He's an interesting guy. Interesting guy. Uh, I, uh, so 
one of the things that there's two two things related to this so scott galloway had um and this is not so much childhood trauma but your change in perspective as you grow older right okay so he was talking about how with his kids his kids are like 12 and 15 they're boys yeah and he says like you kind of go through an experience and then you go like this is the last time I'm going to see them like this. Or like he said, he was talking about when they were like 10 years old and doing handstands and now they're 12, 15 and they're too cool for school to be able to do that stuff. So right. he was cherishing those kinds of things. And there's sure. kind of moments where you kind of go like, this is so cool. And he was talking about how his mom, his mom and him would go out. They, they didn't have a lot, you know, single mom. Okay. Right. He was grew up, grew up in a not, it's funny because he was talking about how he grew up in um he didn't say disadvantaged he said because i can't say disadvantaged because i'm a i'm a white male growing up in the 70s yep. um before the internet mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know went to university during the time of the start of the internet right. and basically tons of advantages that Absolutely. are not obvious yes okay so yeah and he's quite good at recognizing that yeah right? and and but he said that his mom and him would go out and they would go out for dinner to this one particular restaurant every Sunday night and they would she would have like kippers and something else right and uh and you know and uh she would say this, this is so amazing right um and and she was so appreciative of the moment of having dinner with her son right and having these kippers and whatever and uh, he was like, what the hell are you talking about? It's, it's crazy smoke, fishy smelling fish. Right. And like, uh, like, what is all that about? And only now looking at his own kids and seeing it through kind of the similar lens, he's going like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. And um, I totally get that. And I, I totally understand the, the whole the whole um, process, because I mean, I, I, you know, with Facebook and all this stuff, you, and with your phones, you get all these. I take a lot of photos. I'm a photographer, right? And I take photos. Are of, you? I don't know that. I take a lot. <laughs> and, and there's uh, photos I've taken of trips and right. things with my son. My son used to be super active in all kinds of sports. Sure, and all I, kinds I of stuff. remember. Yeah, and uh, he. Uh, um, he doesn't do that stuff anymore. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's, I'm a bit melancholy yeah. for some of oh, those, totally. those times yep. and stuff like that. Although there were definitely times during that, that were not so great, but, <laughs> but. So to bring it back to my dad, I think I have two takeaways. Number one, you know, recognition, I think in our society that childhood trauma or intergenerational trauma is, is really, really a thing, you know? Crap. And that, uh, I think a lot of stuff gets dismissed and, and, but there's a lot more to it. And then it occurred to me just now that one of the fixes I think is if people can talk to each other. Mm. Right. So I'll give you an example. So again, my dad, when he was over, talked about how, because they moved around so much when he was a kid, he had, I think he went to six different, uh, elementary schools. Now, again, you know, the man's in his eighties and he just, so he didn't really get into too much, but so you just catch glimmers of, right. And he kind of sort of alluded to that, like, that was really hard. And then I remember when I was a kid kind of being 
judgmental because that's what children do, but not understanding because he was always about stability. And I remember him talking about he'd had opportunities to take on bigger roles in his, in his uh, company that he was working for. And he kind of turned it down and he was always talking about spending time. It was really important to be spending time as a family, even though we had a lot of conflict, conflict. Right. And then when you talked about when he was a kid moving from school to school, like a little light bulb went on and I'm like, okay. So because now we've talked, I can finally at least suspect that there's some what was going on there was some whether he was conscious of it or not because he'd felt very disrupted as a child when he became an adult it was important to him to live in the same place keep the same job you know don't don't take on too many risks right right and it's like oh wow you know but if you don't have those conversations uh which can be difficult sometimes absolutely but this was just a casual you know, and that was one of the things that I always said to my mom. I didn't always say, but I said on a few occasions that I regret because she just, she didn't want to do it was I always felt like I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you don't know who somebody is, it's, it's really hard to feel that connection, that connection, you know, of well, course you can always overshare. You got to be careful too, not to put all <laughs> of the crap on your kids. Like, well, let me tell you why I'm so screwed up. And then they're like, Ugh, right. Yeah. But it's that fine line between, well, it, I'm not putting my problems on you, but at the same time, I want you to know I didn't just appear, you know, out of nothing yeah, yeah. as this screwed up guy. Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, so my parents passed away a long time ago, like 30 years ago. And, um, uh, less so with my dad, but more with my mom, you know, in that last year I was able to connect a lot more with right. Him. That's what you said. Um, yeah. But, um, but then they were, then they were gone. So right. when they're gone, there's nobody to ask, right? Like yeah. you can't ask. Exactly. So I, I really appreciated that with, um, uh, basically my dad's best friend who lived up until like just before the pandemic. Right. And so every time I would visit, we would spend time and he would tell me stories about my dad that I didn't know. Sure. And I wish I'd recorded more of them or written them down or something like that. I can't remember. Was it a video you showed us? Yeah. There's a video of kind of the last weekend. It is an amazing video. You should definitely do something with that. I I just happened to... Because the nature of the lighting and you just showed us snippets of it. We were like, holy crap, is this ever awesome? Yeah. I mean, it was just, uh, I was just, uh, I didn't realize it was the last weekend. (laughs) Of course, we we never do, right? But it was, uh, but I was uh, recording it and um, I just wanted to be able to get for on film. Yeah. And uh, well, it's not even film, it's video, but... uh, but um, yeah, I was trying out a new camera and it all worked out really well and uh, uh, had enough to put together a bit of a story. So a very unplanned story, but man, that was really, yeah. This could be your first uh, film project. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Documentary. Well, anyway, it, uh, it, uh, it's been, yeah. So, so with Lori's dad, um, you know, as he got older, we spent lots of time with him just you know, listen to stories and yep. it was good. Uh, uh, but then it got to a point 
because he had Alzheimer's that um, those stories were not there anymore. So we ended up, we, we made some memory books for him. Right. So uh, if you ever are in a position where you can do a memory book, I highly recommend it. It does not have to be fancy. Like you have all these people who are doing like scrapbooking and all these little details. Honestly, just a print stuck on a piece of, um, <laughs> stuck on a, a loose leaf page in a, like a three ring binder that, that they can flip through, uh, makes a huge difference for people that are struggling with memory issues. Um, because they just go through, like, it was interesting. He would start at the front of the book and he would go through nice. and have little stories that he remembered from these thing. And then basically once he got to the end, he could start again. It was as if he, it was like a movie that never ended. <laughs> That's awesome. So here's how my twisted mind works. I just thought of, uh, handing, uh, an old guy, a book uh, full of pictures of boobs. <laughs> He's like, what the hell is this? It's a memory book. So I asked for a memory book. Oh, there so, you go. You got your dad joke. Padoom, boom. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause so I'll what, just take that back then. <laughs> one, one of the pictures that I always remember that oh, is God. in, uh, in <laughs> Lori's dad's memory book. And he just split a gut every time he saw this. Okay. It was, uh, uh, he, he, and, um, um, him and his wife. So, my father and mother-in-law, they both would regularly go to Hawaii and they went with this other couple. This was before she got sick? Um, before and after. Oh, okay. For a little while. Right. Yeah. Um, so she had uh, she had a stroke she had when a stroke. she was about my age. Okay. And yeah. uh, lived with that for like 20 years. Yeah. Scary. Almost 25 years. So the, uh, so, uh, but um, <laughs> there's one, uh, one photograph of probably like yeah they're probably in their 60s or whatever yeah and herb is sitting there next to some some wooden full-size wooden statue of a near nude it's a near nude woman with you know boobs out oh, yeah. and he's got his hand on boobs. and and just one hand and he's cradle it and he's got this ginormous smile. <laughs> <laughs> and every time he saw that, he told this story. And yeah. even he, as he got older and oh, his memory just, was starting oh, to Oh yeah. Well, so the thing about uh, awesome. a lot of Alzheimer's is you typically have your long-term memories. You just don't have any short-term. Okay. So Alzheimer's in particular it destroys your working memory. So the stuff right. like, why am I picking this up? Like, yeah. Why am I looking at this? So why does why do you people stop recognizing their relatives then? Is it because they oh, don't they, recognize it, them in the in the immediate? It it, pro it progresses. Okay. Yeah, like it really like right. it goes from just working memory and starts spilling out into everything. Right. So, I mean, basically, uh, their brains turn into Swiss cheese. Have you watched uh, Afterlife with Ricky Gervais? No, no. Oh. So, so we talk about media we're consuming. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I consumed it a, a long while time ago, but, but it's reminded. So, Ricky, so that show is is predominantly it's about him and and being a recent widower. His wife passes away from cancer, right? And and dealing with all of that, right? going from being suicidal to pretty much a nasty piece of work, just angry at everybody, right? Till finally, at the end of the second season, he kind of. He starts to heal, but there's a phenomenal scene with his father and played by the guy who was in Harry Potter. I can't remember. I don't know what the actor's name is, but you remember in Harry Potter series, there was that he was like, a, it wasn't uh, Haggard. 
but it was like the the another caretaker at Hogwarts, oh, yeah, yeah. sort of gray yeah. hair. Yeah, I know which so one. So that guy one. played his father, and they play a scene. His father's in a in a residence, yeah. and is suffering from Alzheimer's, right? And so he's often visiting, and every day he visits. They live in a small town, and it's it's easy for him to access it. And there's this wonderful scene where he's talking to his father and his father's talking about this and that and clearly doesn't know, you know, who he is. Right. Until he asks him, he says, do you know who I am dad? You know, it's Ricky Gervaisin. And then it's like, he clues in, he says, you know, you're my boy. Right. And he talks about this whole thing where he, he you, you drew on the, on the, you drew on the wallpaper and, and your mom's really upset. She's really upset. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, that happened. Right. And he goes, don't worry about it. I'll get some paper. I got another roll in the garage and I'll fix it tomorrow. It'll be, I'll take care of it. And he's like, that's exactly what you did. Right. So it's this memory and he like links, then he's gone. Right. He like, he forgets. And then he's like, who are you again? But it's just such a well acted scene. And, and it represents, you know, have not having lived with that, what it must be like. Right. It's like, not really connecting here, but all of a sudden there's this, this spark of, Oh, you're my boy. And confounding the past with the present and wonderfully acted scene. Like just, you know, you can't watch that. And not, not, not be in. tear up and go, yeah, like, Oh exactly. my God. Interesting. That man's a genius. So what else are you consuming for media? Uh, well, we watched episode seven of Picard yesterday. Oh yeah. Have I, you seen it? Yet? I have. Uh, yeah. I've seen uh cameo from, uh, uh, from LeVar uh, Burton? Nope. Tuvok. Oh, yeah, Tuvok. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. Tim Russ. Um, yeah, so I did see that episode. Yeah. So that is continuing to be... You know, that's... Like, yesterday's... Uh, this episode was, like, really, like... So I find... Holy smokes. I find the whole thing kind of this weird... Um, like, Picard is kind of weird because I don't know if my expectations are high or whatever, but I'm kind of like, oh, you got to do more, got to do more. And then I'm going, holy crap, they're doing, like, a lot, right? They got the Dominion, they, they're bringing yeah. all kinds of stuff. There's a, a, you know, an existential attack on Federation Absolutely. and all this stuff is going on. It's... And, um yeah, it's uh, it's but uh, yeah. So I mean, it's just an excuse for all these guys to show up while they just don't trust anybody else, right? Now. Exactly, that's and, right. Um, um, and even the Tuvok thing—that was well done. It right? was well done, right? I uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, shit, I was just thinking of something. Um, my wife just binged uh, this thing called The Night Agent. Oh, what's that one about? Have you, have you ever seen uh, Prime Suspect, like back in the day with Helen Mirren? No. Okay. Well, I have to say, you should. Okay. Okay. Prime um, suspect. Prime suspect for sure. Was she playing like a, a detective? A detective, yeah. right? It is. Uh, it is one of these incredibly plot-driven shows that okay. is like a roller coaster ride. Like Interesting. You, like so, I remember when we first watched it, we would watch one episode and then it would end, and we go like. We gotta watch the next one. Well, Luther was like that and with then, uh, uh, Idris Elba. Okay, like another British-based cop show. Okay, where but yeah. Prime Suspect for me in my memory that is one of the ones that was the most difficult to stop. Okay, right. So yeah. you're going like I can't, you know, and um, um, 
but my wife just encountered this with this night agent. Interesting. It's 10 episodes. I don't know much about it. And, and Helen Mirren is in it? No. Oh. <laughs> Helen Mirren was oh, so the prime suspect. You but were it, just. But it was the. It was the. Making an analogy. An analogy. Some, okay, cool. So, yeah. uh, but it's, uh, she, yeah. she says, she, uh, well, my wife was basically saying, you remember prime suspect? How this we, is like that? Okay. This is exactly like right. that. Because there, there are not a lot of shows that I absolutely want the to night agent. With. What's it about? I don't know. Oh, okay. It is. Uh, I I've seen this thing that says there in the basement of the White House. There's this phone that never rings. This guy monitors it, and this is his story. And wow, uh, that sounds very weird. A weird premise for for yeah. for a series, but uh, so if it rang, would you answer it? I don't know. That's his job, oh. I guess. He's he's there to answer that phone if ever it should ring. And then did you order a when... pizza? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, wrong number. Click. Exactly. <laughs> um. Um. Well, uh, better, better and the calls Mandal and the Ma Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you caught up? I don't think we've caught up. I think we're still one episode behind because uh, people were tired. So we watched the one where the. Uh, it ends with the scientist having his memory wiped. Oh yeah, yeah. So that is one by. I totally got what you were saying though. The way that they it cut like those two weird, episodes, it's like, like, what is going on, right? Yeah, it's like, like my it's, kids too. They're like, is this the same show? I'm like, because yeah. the first bit is like leftover from the previous yeah. episode, and then there's this whole segment, but it's only a short segment, and then and then there's this other part. Yeah, and then yeah, so it's it's good. Um, Better Call Saul last season starts in two weeks okay, on Netflix. Yeah, I've not, it's not, a, it's so, not a series that I've watched. So. I've watched the first five seasons, so I'm deeply invested to see how that ends. Because okay. I've also watched Breaking Bad. So um, what else is coming up? Like, I just don't have that much time. Well, I guess they're doing a new series of Star Trek will be coming out in 2024 called uh, Starfleet Academy. I've not heard. This. Yeah. So this is a concept that's been kicked around since the since about the wrath of Khan, um what the hell was his name i can't remember one of the guys that was involved back at the time not nicholas meyer but wanted to do this young kirk and all that and they kind of did it a little bit in, in the, the in the, in the jj verse right yeah. but this is going to be set way out in the future it'll be coming after discovery because discovery they're only doing one more season then it, then it'll be it'll be sunsetted yeah so this is going to be starfleet academy in the 32nd century so that's kind of interesting and two two more seasons of strange new worlds have been greenlit well season two and a, and a third season so that i'm excited great, about that that's a great series yep um guardians of the galaxy 3 is coming out in may so that should be good yeah there's just so much you know we live in in such a a smorgasbord uh i watched an episode of something called elvis secret agent which is, uh, I don't know what to make of it. It's on Netflix. It's uh, animated. Okay. Matthew McConaughey plays the king. Okay. And it is, he's got a, a pet monkey who is uh, like sentient and another guy who's like a good old boy wears like a ball cap. And it's all about Elvis is this secret, secret, secret agent. And I was like, how the hell did this get made? But it's totally got Priscilla Presley's name all over it. She's an executive producer. Oh, okay. And it is, I've only watched half of the first episode and it is wild. It okay. is wildly funny. So with the Mandalorian, 
uh, with its next episode that you're going to watch. Oh, yeah? Uh, Should I brace myself? Well, so I want your opinion on it after okay. the fact. Okay. Uh, so um, I think the story is fine. I think the direction uh, is a bit weird. Like so, the actual technical, how they directed it? Yeah. So there is significant parts of the episode that I think right. work really good, look awesome and okay. all that stuff. And there's other parts that look, that just don't quite work. You almost wonder if there was a, like a second, second unit director or something. I don't know. It, and it's a very right? specific, very specific uh, parts of it. See if you, uh, okay. if you notice it. We'll pay attention um, for sure. But um, so, because like the best episode last season um, was the one that was directed by Bryce Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes, right. Like it was by far the best yeah. directed. Yeah. Um, and the next one, the one after the one that is is going to, I believe, is the one that is going to. She's uh, directing one, and I think it's the next one. Okay. Um, but the one that you haven't seen yet that just just drop yeah 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 um some some uh, he's a director who hasn't got a ton of okay and and i'm wondering a rock if, video and a commercial for dentine and now i'm doing well, a star been, wars been involved in a bunch of stuff but <laughs> I, I i looked it up because it seemed like it wasn't the story the story seemed great okay the it was the execution of specific types of scenes interesting in the episode that just looked a little TV ish. Yeah. You know, I'm fascinated by that. Just to go back to Star Trek, when you when you hear about some of these actors will speak, and once they get into multi year, you know, and, and you're playing a character that is kind of iconic, right? Yeah, yeah. They will often direct. It's almost like they are directing themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and if a director is good, they'll pay attention to that. Yeah. And if a director is not good, then they're like, nope. Say it this way, because a lot of them will be like, "Look, I don't think my character would ever do know, that. Would speak that way or do this, and you know, well, it's doing it this week. It's like, oh, brother, okay, whatever. So you kind of wonder. Now, the Mandalorian's a bit different because it's not that old yet. Oh, but it does definitely has quite a number of different directors. Oh, it does, yeah. So, so the characters might drift a bit more. Anyway, I'd be curious to see yeah, your opinion on the next episode. Yeah. Um, I thought that parts worked really well and looked fantastic. And okay. then there were other parts that, I mean, they advanced the story, but they were kind of right. not as well executed as the other parts. Right. Now, is there an Ahsoka Tano series coming? I think yes, so. Coming yes, coming up pretty quick. And, and will there uh, be another series of, uh, another season of uh, Kenobi? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't oh, yeah. even think so. But uh, I know they're doing a second season of Andor. Oh, yeah. Because that was really good. That was really good, yeah. yeah. Well, we should wrap cool. it up. Yeah. You have and a client meeting. I do. So, uh, what are you taking a picture of? Their dog, their cat? Wedding. Oh. <laughs> That's not exciting. Yeah, it is for them. Do you take bets? By the time you're done the wedding ceremony, do you have a do you, have you formed an impression? Yeah, this will never last. <laughs> no, I don't. Here's my card. I, I also do post divorce celebratory photos. <laughs> divorce, <laughs> divorce celebration. Anyway, uh, give you a ten percent discount. <laughs> I do your wedding. Yeah, I'll do both. I'll do yeah. <laughs> Super wedding. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> have a great week. Yeah, you too. Take care. Yeah, enjoy Vancouver. Thanks a lot. Bye. Goodbye.